Thank you so much uh, for tuning in to So Help Me Pod, another bonus episode for you. My name is Rob Lee, and I am a doctoral candidate at the Pacific School of Religion in Berkeley, California. And today I want to give a shout out to Maggie and Frank. Maggie is a golden doodle and Frank is a poodle. And they have basically earned their doctoral degree being conferred on me by their presence in the room where it happened. Um, It got me thinking about first pets and how those pets shaped and impacted the lives uh, of the presidents and their administrations who were their companions. So with that in mind, I thought we would dive in and talk about first pets. There's been considerable conversation around pets in the White House, most recently with Commander being prone to bite Secret Service agents in the current administration. It got me thinking, would your pet be able to thrive in the stress of the White House? Perhaps that's a question only you and your pet can answer. I know that Frank would be super stressed out, but would want to be there nonetheless, and Maggie would just be happy to be along for the ride. One of the Lincoln boys befriended a turkey sent to the White House during the war years for a holiday feast. He named the turkey Jack and admonished his father, President Abraham Lincoln, to pardon the turkey and save it from certain death. As pardoning a turkey became the norm for a president, this tale is often cited as the source and justification for such pardons. Most presidents uh, have benefited from pets in the White House. Only three presidents, though, have gone without a furry, scaly, or fishy friend while they were in power. Those presidents are James K. Polk, uh, Andrew Johnson, and Donald J. Trump. I will not add any commentary on the 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 success of those administrations and their lack of pets, but I bet you there is a connection. That said, the first dog to receive media coverage on a res- regular basis was President Warren Harding's dog, Laddie Boy. Uh, after that, it became a media industry to cover first pets. Theodore Roosevelt was known for his pets. He had six children, and they owned snakes, dogs, cats, a badger, birds, and guinea pigs. Archie Roosevelt, one of Uh, the sons of President Roosevelt, came down with measles while in the White House. A footman for the president helped the other five children sneak the family pony up the White House elevator to see Archie. The president was none too pleased, but ultimately impressed by the children's ingenuity and determination. Possibly the most famous of all first pets is President Franklin D. Roosevelt's Scottish Terrier, Fala. The dog became a poster dog for the war effort and is even memorialized in a film and in a statue at the Roosevelt Memorial in Washington, D.C. This dog's got it all. Um, President George W. Bush followed the tradition of FDR and had two Scottish Terriers, Barney and Miss Beasley. Uh, I remember those growing up and thinking they were so cool. They had little uh, little opportunities for activities and stuff like that that they would send out to the schools, and that was just so fun. Spotty is the only pet to have lived in the White House twice. She was born in the White House when George H.W. Bush was president and then moved into the White House again when his son, George Bush, 43, 
ascended to the White House in 2000. Sasha and Malia Obama became lobbyists to their father to convince him that if they were to win the presidency, at the very least, he owed them a dog. He accepted the gift of a Portuguese water dog puppy from Senator Ted Kennedy, and it became an instant sensation for the nation. Though it's not all dogs, John Quincy Adams had silkworms, Herbert Hoover had a possum, and Calvin Coolidge had a raccoon named Rebecca that he regularly walked through Washington, D.C. As a trash bandit, he would have fit in well with Nixon in the saying, I am not a crook. Okay, maybe I should leave the jokes uh, for someone else. During World War I, uh, President and Mrs. Wilson kept a herd of sheep on the White House lawn to save funds for lawn care and to contribute to the war effort through the American Red Cross auctioning off the wool uh, to the highest bidder. And now world leaders, they have taken the opportunity to gift animals as well to the presidents of the United States, but that has often now fallen out of practice. James Buchanan received a herd of elephants from the King of Siam, which is modern day Thailand. And Martin Van Buren received tiger cubs from the Sultan of Oman. Currently in the White House, Commander, a German Shepherd, and Willow, a gray tabby cat, have residence in the executive mansion. Uh, though Commander may be going elsewhere after all that's happened these past few weeks. President Biden, though, remarked that Willow often sleeps at night on the Commander-in-Chief's head, showing us that we may be in power or think we're in power, but it's really up to our pets to tell us what to do. With that in mind, I wanted to thank you for tuning in. We'll hear from uh, President uh, Andrew Jackson later in the week and then some more bonus episodes throughout the the course of this podcast series. So I hope you'll continue to turn in and check out our database at www.robleadthenumber4.com slash presidents, and check out faith and theology and all things presidential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Talk soon. You've been listening to So Help Me Pod a podcast of Beloved Journal in conjunction with Pacific School of Religion in Berkeley, California. The podcast is offered in partial completion of the Doctor of Ministry degree for the Reverend Robert W. Lee. All opinions and insights offered are solely owned by that of those who offered them and do not reflect the views of stakeholders in the project. There have been 45 men and 46 presidential administrations, all of them unique Some of them have been more interesting than others, some of them more terrifying than others. All have been part of the grand expression of democracy on the North American continent and part of the wider conversation of self-governance in the world. These men have failed profoundly, and we have failed profoundly in following their leadership along with our own sometimes antiquated and backwards ways of viewing and acting in the world. That said, this form of leadership is unlike few others. And the greatest gift we have has been given in the ways in which the American experiment continues to prosper despite our terrible misgivings. We are better off because of these men. And we are forever in their debt. For more information, visit www.robleethenumber4.com slash presidents.